Welcome to In Between the Pages of Life podcast, a podcast dedicated to telling the stories that are sometimes heard, but yet unseen. Take a seat and listen with your hosts, Nadir Rose and K. Noel. What is going on, family? This is your boy, K. Noel. Well, this week, we don't have Nadia the Rose with us. Her and her husband right now, they're celebrating their anniversary. So with that being said, we just want to wish them a happy anniversary and well wishes or whatnot. So they're enjoying themselves where they are. But in the meantime, I have two awesome gentlemen, gentlemen with me, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. So they, they're going to, they hopped on. I asked them if they wouldn't mind, you know, hopping on this episode with me, and they was gracious enough to do that. So I, I just want to tell you both that I really do appreciate that and taking the time out to, you know, just chat with the kid. So I'll let both of y'all go ahead and introduce yourself. All right, well, my name is Rasheen Akins. How's everyone doing? Tony Patrick, how's it going? Both of these gentlemen are being a little modest, you know. They they, they both, we got author <laughs> and a, one day soon to be author slash doctor. So, but we ain't gonna go there today. We're not gonna go there. <laughs> but for this episode, today is Sunday that we're recording. And of course, we'll be releasing the, the podcast on Tuesday. And as most of you all know, if you're listening to this on the day it's released, it'll be election. 2020 has been one of those years, and this election is really probably the most important election that we have really faced. And um, I know for a lot of us, we have faced a lot of uncertainty in 2020. It seems like you turn one corner, it's it's another thing. Um, A lot of people have felt a lot of anxiety, depression, and really feeling overwhelmed. So as we're leading up to the election, I felt, you know, what better time to talk about trusting God in 2020. That's why I brought these two gentlemen with me. At one point, they both spent some time in Georgia and we spent a lot of time praying together. Getting up early in the morning, sacrificing that time. (laughs) I'm sure they both can tell about the sacrifice we had to make to get up that early on a Saturday at that. (laughs) (laughs) but each one of you get a chance to you know answer this what could what what is it that you could say to the people as far as trusting god right now as we head into the election we don't know what's gonna happen right now so either way that it could go what what could you say to you know encourage the hearts of the people right now i would say um in either situation, whether the person you want to win wins or the person you don't want to win wins, uh, in either case, God is still in control. So at the end of the day, he is the one that we have to put our trust in. He says, don't put your trust in man. Man will always have the capability to fail us. God will never fail us. So our soul trust should be in him and him alone, regardless of what it looks like and what it feels like because um, things don't look very good right now. But that does not say that we don't, that we stop trusting in God because he has a plan for us. He knows the thoughts that he thinks towards us, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give us an expected end. So with that being said, trusting God solely 
regardless of what your circumstances look like, regardless of what your bank account looks like, regardless of what your health looks like. God is still in control and when he gets ready, when he feels like it, he can turn some things around. He has a plan for this pandemic. He has a plan for this election and we don't see the full blueprint of it right now. So it's a little scary to us, but we just have to trust that the same God that's brought us through trials and tribulations before is the same God that can do it again. And we just have to believe that he's going to do what he promised he's going to do for us. Um, definitely agree with that. And I would say, let the foundation of your life really just be rooted in God. Look at this time, especially in 2020, that everyone has gone through. Maybe this is a time that God has been trying to get your attention and prepare you for the rest of 2020, but also for this, for the next, uh, what is it, presidential election. We don't know who the next president will be, but one thing I've come to learn about God is that in the midst of it all, when it all seems crazy, he knows how to keep his people. The Bible tells us, I want to say it's in Jude, where it says that he was able to keep Lot in the middle of all the unrighteousness that he was suffering back then with Sodom and Gomorrah. But also, again, just trust God. Get to know God. Know his voice. There's going to be so many different things that you see, that you hear, that's going to challenge you. But get to know him. Cut things off. Cut things out of the way. Put time aside just to go spend with God. Because he's going to tell you to do some things that may not make sense right now. He's going to tell you to do some things that is going to go against what culture tells you. And you're going to have to be able to stand on the principles of God. When you're on your job and people start talking about president, whether you're a Biden supporter or a Trump supporter, whatever it is that you stand for, you're going to be able to have to rely on the principles of God for wisdom and interaction with your coworkers, with your family members, how you conduct your business, how you conduct just your whole life. So again, make God your foundation. And here it is, not just to get something from God, but to become who he has called you and created you to be. And from there, as you get to know him and you realize who your identity is in him, everything else starts to come into place. Amen, most definitely. Now, let me ask you this, because as you both were talking, the passage about when um, Jesus was walking to the disciples out on the water, and it was Peter who said, Lord, if it's you, allow me to come out. So Peter started focusing on as he came out of the boat, he started focusing on what was around him, and he began seeking. What would you say to those who they've been, we've all been walking on this water in 2020, and we know we've been seeing the storms all around us. And for some people, they probably allowed what was around them to cause them to lose focus. What can be said to those who feel like, okay, I don't lost focus, and I'm, I'm just really discouraged right now. I, I feel beaten up, I feel battered, and I just I just lost hope. W what would you say to them and to encourage their hearts to, to get back up? I would, I would say to them, even though they lost focus, if they would stop and take notice that they didn't sink. Because remember when Peter lost focus and he began to sink, he began <laughs> to sink, Jesus caught him. So as you're beginning to sink, Jesus will always catch you. And when you pay attention to your situations, yeah, hell is going on around you and the storm is going on around you and you lost focus for a split second, you still haven't sank. You still haven't been destroyed. You still haven't been overtaken. Jesus is keeping you in the midst of the storm still. 
we know the story of the footprints, you know, the two sets of footprints and all of a sudden they turn into one. And when you couldn't walk any further, it was Jesus that carried you. So with that being said, be encouraged and knowing that even though you may have lost focus for a season, Jesus is still there. He loves you that much to where he won't let you sink. He won't let you drown and he won't let you perish. Yes, sir. Well, I was sitting there taking all of that in just then. But I tell you, that was a very special passage to me, especially in 2020, because that was a passage that I meditated and studied right before I moved. I moved in the middle of a pandemic where borders have been shut down and people are saying, why are you moving? And you go here, you have to be quarantined, all these different things. And all these different major cities, and I want to say Denver was one of them, had riots. And I'm like, maybe 15, 20 minutes from downtown. I had so many different things that was fighting for my attention, but I had to cut something out so that I could focus on Jesus, so that I could hear his voice. Because a lot of it was my own fears. A lot of it was my own insecurities. A lot of it was listening to maybe the news and culture. Well, it doesn't make sense to do this. It doesn't make sense to go here and go there. But that passage gave me so much encouragement because it showed me that even in the middle of the storm, like you said, how do I know that those things will affect me? Because they, the Bible never says that the wind made Peter sink. He said that when he saw the wind and what it was doing, he saw the effects of it and everything else, but it never said that it touched him. And so you have to develop that mindset that regardless of what's going on around me, doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to hit me. And when you have that mindset, you can focus on God a lot more because again, you're not basing your life on culture. You're not basing your life on popular opinion. You're not basing your life off of information from the news. Yes, look at the news, be informed, but don't let that be your source of truth. And don't let that be what you're grounded in so that you can finally focus and make that move. With that being said, when, when, you, were, when you were speaking, I heard Peter, the circumstance that Peter focused on got him into trouble. It caused a problem for him. Staying focused in God, staying focused on Jesus keeps you uh, on the straight and narrow, keeps you, well, I guess I can use the word focus, but once you take your focus off of Jesus, once you begin to look at what's going on around you, that causes a problem for you because the storm is not what's going to keep you. Jesus is. You took your eyes off of Jesus. You begin to pay attention to something that wasn't even affecting you per se. It's just the fear of what you thought it could do is causing a problem for you. And so now we have to take our mind off the fear of what's going on around us and focus on Jesus and allow Jesus to lead us in the path of safety because Jesus said, come to me. So I'm coming to Jesus, but I take a sidebar and I start paying attention to what's going on around me. And now I began to sink and I took the focus off the goal and the path that I started on. And because I went off track and went off course, now I began to see what's really going on. I began to sink. And now, whereas I was protected because of the focus, when I lost focus, I kind of threw myself into warfare I shouldn't be in. Wow. <laughs> now, now, Cody, you, you mentioned that you made a move in the midst of, of a pandemic. Now, I'm sure there are a lot of people that God is is telling them, I need you to do this. I need you to move. But 
because of what is going on around because of the pandemic, everything else, that they're, they're worried about, well, well, Lord, my finances aren't good, this, that, and the third. What made you move out on the faith that you did that knowing what God told you to do, but also knowing that we was in a pandemic? How did, how did, what, what made you go ahead and go forth with it, if I'm making sense? Oh, you make 100% sense. <laughs> For me, number one, I hate the feeling of I'm supposed to do something and I'm not doing it, and God gives me that conviction. It's a, it's a very, it, it, it's like something is going on unfulfilled, and it puts more like a, a holy fear in me, like, oh God, like I'm about to miss something. But the other thing was I had to really get along with God, spend time with God, making sure that I heard his voice, making sure that I knew he was saying, move, go. Because there were other influences that were around me, but I would always go back to God and say, okay, God, I know I'm hearing this. Is it me? Is it you? Or is it something else? And so I would definitely have to fast. I would have to read and study the word, not just read, but study. I write, I journal, and that's how God communicates a lot to me. I had to really hone in and lock in on his voice. And I had to know him for myself. One thing I also had to do was I had to cut out a lot of different ministers that I was listening to because everybody had a message that was good. Don't get me wrong, and they were all godly messages, but I needed something very specific that only God could give me. Wow. And even though I would listen to them, I would take notes and everything, it was something about being unfulfilled listening to them by saying, okay, God, like I've been putting too much trust in trying to get a rhema from all these different other places. I need to hear from you directly. So hearing from him directly and cutting out a lot of the other voices, that helped tremendously. And even the church that I was part of, of course, at that time, everybody is going over, what is that, Psalm 90, you know, the protection of God and everything. And that gave me a lot of encouragement because again, I'm thinking like, okay, God, talking about moving in the midst of this and moving in the midst of that. And, and whatever happened to the murder hornets and all that kind of stuff, you know, all this kind of stuff was going on, but, Something that gave me a lot of comfort was that God really speaking saying, look, if I called you to it, then I'll protect you. If I called you to do something, know that I'm not just going to put you in harm's way just for you to be put in harm's way. I have something for you to do. And I had to think about it. It was bigger than myself. So again, like, what are we missing or who's missing out on us because we're not moving in action, because we're not getting up and going. It could be a whole organization that could be missing out on something. But ultimately, it was, God, I need to hear your voice. And so, again, for a lot of people out there, you may be reading a lot of books. You may be listening to your favorite pastor, to your favorite minister. Nothing is wrong with that. But ask yourself this. Are you seeking God first and foremost, or are you running to someone else to hear from God for you? Because one thing about it, God will allow you to keep going that route, but you'll come to find out you're not getting the specifics that you need. You may get some vague words here and there. They're gonna be encouraging, but you may not get the specific word that you need. Go here, go there, wait here, talk to this person, talk to that person, and getting along with God is exactly what was happening. And when, when you hear 
And when you hear his voice, you got to move accordingly. The widow woman, she moved in a pandemic. She didn't have enough to eat. They were going to eat their little last little bit of meal and die. But a word from God came to her and she had to move. And because she moved in the midst of a famine or pandemic, she was able to be able to be sustained. The woman with the uh, that was asked to borrow the vessels for the oil, she borrowed, she borrowed, she borrowed, and the oil never ran out until the vessels ran out. So in the midst of the pandemic, God will challenge you to do things. And once he challenges you to do things, if you hear him and you know you hear him clearly, we should move because there's a purpose for it. You know, it doesn't make sense to do it in a pandemic. It doesn't make sense to do it when you're on your last and you have your last. But when God tells you to do it, that's the best time to do it and to do it quickly. Mm. Hey, can I add one more thing to that? Go ahead. Sir. Go ahead. <laughs> and that is don't allow your feelings or past seasons to dictate how you move either. Because that was something I had to learn was that I was looking for God to speak in one way, but he was speaking a totally different way. Mm-hmm. In past seasons where God was telling me to do something, I was frustrated to the point where it made me move. But this time, I was comfortable. I didn't have any issues where I was staying. I didn't have any issues with the relationships I had made with different people. I was good. I was comfortable. So to hear God in the midst of that, you know I had to make sure I heard him correctly. <laughs> because I'm going to a place where I've never stepped foot in. I've never been to an airport. I had never... I don't even know anyone here. So again, I had to get along with God to really make sure, okay, God, was this you or was it just me? I had a lot of like counterfeit opportunities, things that sounded like God, they move like God, but it wasn't God. There were also opportunities where I heard different things where it was from God, but initially I was processing them the wrong way. I would hear, don't move. And I'm like, oh snap, so you don't want me to move or you do want me to move? Now I'm confused, but I had to stay in his presence to realize what he was telling me, don't move from your position of faith that you're in. Move while I tell you to go, but keep that same position of faith. And it's nothing like hearing his voice and spending that time with him that gets you where you're supposed to be. And you can't get so caught up in your favorite way of God speaking to you. What I mean by that is, there's a certain sound that you like to hear when the Lord is moving and when the Lord is speaking to you. There's a certain uh, style. And you know, the Bible said when Elijah was at the mouth of the cave, he said there was an earthquake, there was a fire, there was, you know, there was all of those grand things, but the Lord wasn't in those things. He was in something, he was in a still small voice, something that you probably would look past. You know, some people that, uh, scripture says the poor man's wisdom was despised, but it delivered the city. So because of the method that it was brought to you, you don't really want to receive it because it didn't come in grand fashion. Well, Elijah, I thought you would have waved your hand and and healed me (laughs) of my leprosy instead of telling me to go dip in a a muddy river seven times and then come back and look at it. So we can't be so caught up in how we want God to, uh, to, to deal with us. I tell people, you can pray and ask God to do something, but you can't dictate how he does it. And sometimes how he does it is far left from how you expected him to do it, but it is in fact him. And you just have to recognize him when you hear him. My sheep know my voice. They follow me and stranger will not follow. When you know it's God, when you hear God, you move. And if you don't hear clearly uh, what God is saying, if you don't think it's uh, a, a clear signal, then you, you know, you wait on the Lord. <laughs> 
Hey. God speaks clearly. God speaks clearly. He's he's not a uh, he's not a uh, he speaks clearly. He doesn't allow you to be confused or second guess if that was him. When you know God, you know when it's him speaking to you, regardless of if, it, if it's in a shout, regardless if it's in a whisper, regardless if a two year old does something, and what they do just brings revelation to you and God speaks to you in that manner. However he speaks to you, you know it's him when he does it. Amen. Wow. I, for those of you that are listening, I, I'm sure you are getting a lot out of this, man, because this this is some very profound words that they are both speaking. Let me ask you this. 2020, and I'm sure a lot of people have prophesied this, Cody, we have talked about this. It, it was It's the year of cl- clear vision. What has 2020 taught each of you? It, it, it taught me to uh, not get so comfortable in uh, what you thought was going to take place and know that God has a way of changing plans when he feels like changing plans. We have to understand that, you know, God is God. He's in control. I know we were excited about 2020. I know we make fancy cliches every first of the year, and I know we say a lot of good stuff, but are you prepared for the clear vision that God is about to give, give to you? Remember, the man that got the clear vision from Jesus, he was blind first. And then he saw people like trees. And then he began to see clearly. So a lot of times, when God tells you things, it seems like it goes backwards before it goes forward. You know, it seems like it gets worse before it gets better. And I believe, you know, 2020 is 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 allowing us to see some things, giving us a clear perspective of some things. Because I got I got plenty of perspective and clear perspective from 2020. May not have been what, have been what I expected to see, <laughs> but. He fulfilled his promise. We, we saw clearly some stuff. We saw some stuff that we thought was dead that's, that's was still very much alive in 2020. So, yeah, you know, God, God is true to his promises, but we can't always expect when we speak a word that we're going to see it how we want to see it. And a lot of times we get disappointed. And that's what kind of throws us off focus because we have an expectation that is not God's expectation for us. We're expecting God to come on a, uh, a white horse, the king to come on a white horse, but he was born in a manger in swaddling clothes, came on a donkey. So he allows us to see what he wants us to see, how he wants us to see it, but it's not necessarily what we think we should be seeing. But again, that's going back to trusting in him and listening to him and obeying him regardless of how it feels and what it looks like because he has an ultimate plan and an ultimate goal for your life. You'll appreciate it in the end, but right now it's like, okay, God, what are we doing here? Mm. For me, (laughs) I've never been a cliche kind of person. I've never been one to uh, subscribe to what everybody else is subscribing to, whether good or bad. So I never really looked at the year 2020 through all the negatives, through all the <laughs> all the craziness that happened, and subscribe to, oh my God, like 2020 is a horrible year. I can't wait till I get to 2021. My mind was so set on God, to be honest with you. I had my own little issues, things I was dealing with, especially like the first six months of the year. But my mind was like, God, what's going on with me? 
<laughs> I feel the challenging. I feel the cutting. I feel the preparation. Honestly, I don't know what it's for. I'm frustrated, but I need to stick to you right now so I can get through the next day. That's how much like a lot of pressure and weight was on me. Some of it I took on myself. Some of it I just wasn't being as disciplined as I should have to, you know, cast down thoughts and imaginations and all those different things. I had my mind going all over the place. But it came to a point where I was able to get clarity on the fact that, God, I don't want, especially during the pandemic, I don't want this to go to waste. What was that like during March of this year? So when schools were laying out and all these different things were happening, I had to take that time and use it for preparation. I started looking more intently at how I, at how I was managing my money, how I was managing my health. Am I exercising? Am I eating appropriate? Am I reading the word like I should? Am I fasting like I should? So all those different things went into the preparation for things that I didn't even know what was coming. And when I say the things I knew, I didn't know what was coming, here it is now, like four or five months later, I'm like, oh my God, like I see the benefit of those things. And I would study the parable of the talents and see what each one of those gentlemen were doing with their money. And there was a lot of different things came to mind, but when the biggest thing was preparation and maximizing everything that you have, because God is gonna, is, a day is gonna come when God is gonna meet you face to face with an opportunity. The question is, will you be prepared for it? And if you are prepared for it, are you able to capitalize on it and make the most out of it? And if you can't, you're gonna be able to look at those times where you had downtime, where you've been asking God, oh God, can I please, can I, get a, can I get a break over here? Can I get a break over there? And God has given it to you, but what are you doing with it? Mm -hmm. And so even now, after my move, I'm going back to say, okay, God, I want to be better. I want to be sharper. I want to be clearer on assignments and everything that you have for me. So let me go back into this preparation mode. Let me go back into maximizing everything that I possibly can. So now I'm going back, taking different courses, different classes, having people holding me accountable for different things because I want to maximize everything that he's given me. I don't want to just get to the door and have the door open and then be able to go into it and be like, oh, God, I showed me, I showed appreciate it. I want to be able to go into it with confidence knowing that I've prepared myself and made myself ready. Now, God is sovereign. God opens doors. He closes doors. He determines when we can go through those doors and all that great stuff. But the thing is, are we preparing for it? So definitely for 2020, I was looking at the preparation. How can I move forward? How can I budget better? How can I get all these different things together? Because I know that you're going to bring me to something. And again, I don't want these things to be wasted. I want to do the best I can. The, um the story of the two fish and the five loaves that was an investment that was something small and it was not considered enough to accomplish what they wanted to do with it but when you give it your investment to jesus he blesses it and he breaks it and he multiplies it and so in the midst of the pandemic i've seen some of my most blessed days you know in in a pandemic you know, I, where I thought was, oh man, this is going to slow down. I've seen God increase in the midst of the pandemic. And the little bit that you have that you don't think is a lot, 
invest it into you know into God. Let God do what He does with it. Give it to Him, and we don't think it's enough, but He knows how to make it enough in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of a famine, in the midst of whatever uh, storm that's going on in your life. A lot of preparation, part of a lot of preparation for you is not second guessing what you already possess. Take what little you think that you have and invest in it and say, okay, God, here it is. This is all I got. I'm going to give it to you and I need you to do what you're going to do with it. And he'll multiply it and he'll bless it and, 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 and you'll be a happy camper for it. Mm. And, and, and let me come right behind that. <laughs> so in the book of Luke, where it talks about the parable, the parable of the pounds is interesting how it says that the, the the master comes to them and he gives them the pounds. Now, some people don't want him to rule over them. Okay, understandable. And yet he still gives some of his servants the pounds or another translation talks about the minus. One thing I like about it is we don't know how much time had passed. And one thing when I, when I, when I tend to dig into that parable, we don't know what those gentlemen went through to produce what they produced. But one thing got me excited because I was just listening to this was that when it was time for them to present, or at least the one with the five and the one with the two, when it was time for them to present their master with what they had done, they said, Lord, your pounds have done this. You gave me five, but your pounds have produced five more. You gave me two, but your pounds have produced two more. And that taught me, and it, it made me look at stewardship because a lot of times we do get into this mode, this mindset of it's mine, it's mine, because of how hard I work for it. Not realizing what we have is God's. Regardless, God just wants us to be a good steward. Now, what are we gonna do with what he has given us? And not only that, Again, I love when it says that yours have made more. Yours have made more. So whenever we use what God has given us and not necessarily stepping outside of what we think we should do and using our own, his always produces and it always produces more. It always brings back the right kind of harvest that we need. It never brings back the wrong kind of harvest because even, even the word tells us that his word is incorruptible seed. But whenever we use our words, we use our methods, we use our own this and on that, we, we get things, we get things that are corrupted, we get things that are contaminated. So let, let's shift that mindset of this is all mine to, hey, I just need to be a good steward. Because also one thing about it is I picture when those brothers got, when they got ready to present what they had to the master, they could do it with joy and confidence because they know they went out there and did something. And it's nothing like being able to present something to your superior, to your leader, to your boss, and that you were productive and you were fruitful because you know that it's something that's gonna bless them as well. So let, let's use what God has given us to, to bring more to him so that we can receive, as the Bible says, that the joy of our Lord. Amen. All right, so the, the final and last thing, just want to give you both an opportunity to briefly encourage the people that are listening in, in 2020. So I'll just let you both go. If you, you just want to end it with a prayer, you just want to speak something, however you feel God is leading you. Well, in the book of Judges, I just want to encourage the people with what's going on right now with everything in the world, pandemic, the coronavirus, the uh, election uh, in the book of Judges 
the Bible says, you'll see plenty of times in the scriptures where it says, and the people did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord was the one that raised an oppressor. And then the people cried out unto the Lord, and it was the Lord that raised up a deliverer. deliverer. The Bible also says that if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their land. I've always said this, that the land is sick and we live in a time to where people don't want God in the midst of the equation. And then we complain about the results of not having God in the equation. Well, God, I don't want you in my schools. I don't want you praying. I don't want people praying in the schools. I want to take you off money. But then when we have mass shootings, well, what kind of God will allow this to happen? The kind of God that you don't want in the midst of the equation. <laughs> and so when the people do evil in the sight of the Lord, it is the Lord that allows a politician to act the fool. It is the Lord that will allow a king to act the fool. It was the Lord that would allow a president to do some things that you won't like just to put you in the position and the posture to pray and to cry out unto him. There is a deliverer out there. We just ain't cried loud enough. We just have to continue to seek God's face for this thing. And God says, when you do that and you turn from your wicked ways, then I hear from heaven. I forgive your sins after you repent. And then I heal your land. So people of God, if we want to see the land healed, then we have to get on our jobs as believers and begin to use what God has given us, a mouth to cry out unto him in the midst of this. I mean, regardless of who wins the election, Trump or Biden, the Bible says that the heart of the king is in the Lord's hands. And like the rivers of water, he turns it however he wants to turn it. He can turn it for your favor, or he can turn it in the other direction. He can say, Moses, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go, but he ain't gonna do it because I'm a heart in his heart. So it's all about how we approach God for our situation. God allows things to happen for a reason and to get something out of us and to get something in us. God allows people to remain in our lives to teach us how to be warriors, to teach our hands to war. And these are the people that the Lord left in, in the lives of Israel because they had not known the wars of Canaan to teach them how to war. He could have eliminated everybody, but there's some enemies that God left purposely in your life to teach you for such a time as now to be able to embark and engage in a spiritual warfare and in a spiritual battle. So be encouraged, cry out unto the Lord because he has the last say so. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Nothing happens except he allows it. And we got a crazy uh, political system is because God allow it because he wants to get the very best out of us. Grapes have to be crushed before the wine comes out of them. Olives have to be crushed before the oil comes out of them. So in this crushing, we got to understand that it's the Lord's doing. We got to figure out for ourselves what is it that our assignment, what is it that he wants to get for us so that he can get the benefit and the full glory out of our lives. Mm. My, my. Um, <laughs> uh, well, first, I want to say that I'm proud of you as a brother, as a man, as a black man, you know, I'm, I'm for everybody. But of course, you know, I'm a black man, so hey. <laughs> for putting together a podcast, books, everything that you're producing right now, because it's someone who needs it. It may be a person that you've never met a day in your life and probably will never meet until you get to heaven. 
a person who's on another side of the world, whatever the case is, but God knows what needs to be done at a certain time. And I think about the pains and the frustrations that you had to go to and go through, excuse me, to be able to produce what you're producing. Because I know for me, a lot of times I'm crying out of God, God, where is this? Where is that? Where is this? Where is that? And it's a lot of times, I guess once I get through whining or whatever, <laughs> I think it's justified. Is It's like God is saying, the things that you're looking for, I'm creating and raising up in you to be those things. So in times where I'm looking for a mentor in a certain area, he may not give me that, but he allows me to experience certain things, learn certain things. It's like, I get it now. And he's like, yes, because I'm trying to teach you that because there's going to be someone behind you who's going to need something. And I think about the word pioneer. A pioneer has to go through so much. A pioneer doesn't have it easy. They, they, they pave the way for people to be able to come in behind them because it's always greater than them. And at the top of the year, I was reading Genesis where it talks about, um, wait, was it Genesis? Where we're talking about Moses and, you know, in the Hebrew women when Pharaoh wanted to kill all the children. And yet they had the, the, the Hebrew women would be out there working and they're pregnant and they still gave labor. And it was two things that really stuck out to me about that. One was, even in the midst of all the craziness, all the tough stuff, through all the frustration, a lot of times that's God birthing something in you. But not only that, he's trying to send people out there to go kill the babies as soon as they get born, but they didn't, they couldn't even get out there quick enough. So even the Egyptian women was like, look, these Hebrew women, they give birth quicker than we can even get out there. And another thing that came to mind was protection. A lot of times we're in hard places, difficult places, places of frustration, but that may be a place of protection for us. And so it's preparation and it's protection. And through those things, we start to see something that is so beautiful that we couldn't have done ourselves. And it gives us certain desires that God wants for us that all of a sudden now we begin to call out. We begin to pray out to God, God, where is this? Can I have this? What about this? What about this? Where are the men? Where are the black men? What about this? What about this? And God is like, okay, all this stuff that I've put you in and I'm keeping you in, I want you to use that so that you can go forth and be that for somebody else. So your platform, I thank God for it. I appreciate you for allowing us to, to speak on it. Because again, somebody needs what you're doing. Amen. All right. Well, I just want to tell you both that I, I appreciate you both for taking the time out. I mean, it, it really means a lot to me because this particular episode, I was I was really passionate about doing because I knew in, in, at this point right now, the people, they, they really needed to hear from God. So I, I, I am forever grateful for you both to allow God to use you right now. So, so um, with that being said, that, that's the end of this episode. And you all know the drill. No matter what time of the day you're listening to it, you have a good morning, a good evening, and a good night. And we are out. Amen. God bless you all. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of In Between the Pages of Life. To learn more about our podcast and view past 
past episodes, visit relentlessmotivationalgroup.com. You can also join us at anchor.fm slash pages of life. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at Relentless Motivational Group LLC. If you like what you've heard and want to help us improve, you can donate via the website or Anchor page. Until next time, you guys.